Hey everybody, it's your host Felipe. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. With me as always is one, Mr. Oh, who, I got too many co-hosts here. I'll start from left to right. To the left is going to be Austin from California. Austin, how are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you doing, Felipe? I've been better. And the other co-host is Sean Flannery from Alabama. How are you doing today? Hello, boys. I'm doing awesome. You know, a, a nice Duncan cup in your hand, um, spreadsheets and some spreadsheets and some pronoun jokes. You know, that's always fun. And spread so. those cheeks. <laughs> spread those spreadsheets. Yeah. You guys can tell oh. the coffee's at full gear right now. Full yeah. gear. So I've been up all night working on this so-called spreadsheet. And as always, let's not waste any time. Uh, well, first and foremost, Sean has to give me permission to uh, oh, share yeah. the screen. Oops, that, that, that's a mea culpa. Mea culpa. But there you go. We on, are talking about the 2022 ATC projections for starting pitchers as we start. We uh, continue to get ready for the upcoming season, trying to see if we could find any hidden gems or maybe uh, warn you people about any pitchers that we do not want to touch with a 10-foot pole or even a 6-foot pole or a 5-foot pole. My crane. No. Anyway, so you guys, you guys can see my screen. I see. Okay, you guys can see my screen, and uh, you're gonna notice at the top of the very list here is always gonna be Jacob Degrom. Like that's yep. gonna be a running theme. Juan yep. Soto was just like hitters. last week. I mean, last week was the yeah. same way. Well, well, Juan Soto for the hitters. Jacob Degrom for the uh, pitchers. Uh, care to predict who the top guy for relief pitching will be? I say it's gonna be Josh Hader. Emmanuel Clase. Ooh. I was gonna. I was gonna say Hader too. Oh. Oh, right. I thought I was going to have a little bit of reinforcements on that one. Uh, I mean, you, you got a ooh from me, ooh la la from me. So. Ooh la la. And that's despite the fact that uh, ATC Ariel uh, Ariel Cohen's uh, projections has Jacob DeGrom at 23 games starting. Yeah, so he's kind of wary of the, uh, of the what do you call it? the injury pass, the injury history. Sean, you're a Mets fan. Are you concerned about Jacob DeGrom's history pa- uh, injury history? Well, you see, I think it's less of a history and more of just a – it's a history. What? No, I mean no, because from the before 2021, the last time he had a major injury was, I believe, in 16, and that he missed like a month and a half over that. Now, in I believe it was 19, he missed I think one start, but never even won the IL, or he might have missed two starts, but never they just skipped him a one one week. But 21 was like a whole different beast because at first he said, "Oh, you know, it's his oblique," which he dealt with, I think, in. 18 or 19, you know, just missed a start, didn't go on the aisle. And then he was swinging the bat, hurt his shoulder. But they're like, okay, I, he's like, I can still pitch. And they just didn't let him swing. They did the same thing with Taiwan Walker. Um, he pitches great for a month and a half all the way up to the All-Star break. Uh, leaves that last start before the All-Star break early. Um, said his, his arm felt more fatigued than usual. Uh, several MRIs later, which he said, caused even more discomfort in the elbow based on how it's held in the machine. I, I, I don't even know. They said it was sprained, but it's recovered. There were people that were saying it had a partial tear. I don't know what to think about Jacob DeGrom, but I just know that even if he gives you 60% of the top guys innings, he's still likely a top 10, top 15 pitcher. Even if he gives you 60% of the like 200 innings. Well, I have him on my team on the uh, in the points league, head-to-head points league. I have no choice but to keep him. I am concerned that I I, I haven't seen any. Uh, I don't want to say progression, but it just feels that way. It seems like uh, we last left off with him uh, having an elbow issue, and it still looks like he 
might have an elbow issue. There was no surgery. There was, I don't know, was there any treatment as to what they did with that? Just uh, rest, just rest, just rest and recovery. Oh, yeah, because because we'll know oh, because God. what it what it basically was that the only thing the MRI showed majorly was inflammation. Which with that you can give a couple of injections and just he could have pitched in the last probably two weeks of September. Uh, he even said that he was on record with a reporter in the offseason saying I would have pitched, but of course by that point the Mets were out of it, and so they just shut him down for those two weeks. All right. Uh, I went ahead and started by game started and you got two lefties up on the board there. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez and Julio Urias uh, projected to get 32 game starts. Uh, I'll ask Austin, uh, who would you prefer to get uh, Eduardo Rodriguez or Julio Urias? Julio Urias. Yeah. And look at this, Sean. Remember Julio Urias, Walker Bueller. I used to bash those guys all the time for being too soft. Now they're, they're at the top of this list. Well, you see, game started. Like, I, I love Julio Urias, but I'm not sure if he's like a, a lock for 32 game start. I think we're kind of glossing over a lot of his actual injury history. And like, I, I feel good about Eduardo Rodriguez. I feel good about, uh, where was the other guy that you just mentioned? Walker Bueller. Walker, Texas um, Bueller, yeah. yeah. But like Kyle Hendricks, I think will make 30 plus starts. Monsus, if he doesn't get suspended, sure. Flex him, sure. Uh, but guys like Urias, Dylan Cease, they're still really young. Yeah. They've had their own, you know, history of not being able to perform or being their performance being lessened due to injury. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting for them for sure. I think, uh, I think the issue ahead. with Julio Arias though, is that, you know, the Dodgers have done very uh, have done very well at starting him and then putting him in the pen and then starting him and then putting him in the pen and he changes his roles. Of course, when you change your roles, it changes how you're going to take care of your arm right. or how, how you prepare your arm. So yeah, there's probably more chance of an injury. Right. But I think now that he's kind of stepped into himself, he's now he's a veteran, right? He's a pretty seasoned veteran. So now he's going to step into more starts, more starting roles. So he can take better care of his arm because he could take care of his arm like a starter, not like a reliever. Well, you see, and that's my thing with Urias is I, I just pulled him up. So he debuted, of course, at 19 in 2016. He started or he appeared in 18 games. He started 15 of them. And of course, 17 and 18 were completely, basically completely lost to injury, pitching only 27 innings. Uh, he may, appeared in eight games, started five of them. 2019 was when he was him and Maeda were bouncing back and forth in the bullpen. He was in 37 games, started eight of them. 2020, 11 games, started 10 of them. This is the first year he's ever started more than 15 games in a season. And I, I just feel a little iffy of just locking him in for 32 starts. I feel good about it, though. I mean, like Austin says, he should have a set role this year. Uh, they should. Uh, and he's been working his way up to this moment for him to be uh, an anchor on that. I mean, if Walker Bueller can do it, who was also getting like mm -hmm. kids club treatments with the piggyback pitchers, I think Julio Arias can do it as well. Uh, the reason I turned off the, uh, the screen, my, my share screening abilities was that I, I forgot to conditionally format the ages. So let's look at the ages really quick. Uh, you know, from as young as 22 and 24, 25. So uh, of the young core there, Luis Patino, Grayson Rodriguez, and Ryan Weathers. Oh, by the way, I also hit the uh, – Austin, you'll appreciate this. I hit the injured players and the prospects. So I do have prospects. Grayson Rodriguez is on this list because if you look at the Baltimore Orioles, that's a trash bag everywhere. And Grayson Rodriguez is the only person that can solidify that rotation as I gave him a spot start role. But aside from that, Luis Patino, Grayson Rodriguez, Ryan Weathers. Uh, of those, oh, let's go top six right here. 
So I mentioned Weathers as the last guy. Shane Bass, Sixto Sanchez, Hans Kraus. Uh, Sean. It's Hans Kraus again. Oh, it's uh, I remember he had the one uh, in our show last week. He had like the insanely low uh, expected ERA or expected batting average against, but yeah, he, so. he had like a seven ERA. <laughs> Something like that. But of that, of that group of six, who do you pick? Oh, Shane Baz, 100%. Yeah. I, I don't even think it's close. Sixto Sanchez, I think, is in major uh, prospect trouble right now. Um, when he hurt that shoulder last year, uh, there were some rumors going around that he wasn't actually following his rehab plan, uh, stuff like that. Uh, hence why he never made it back to the mound, not even a minor league rehab mound. Uh, Patino, I think, is going to be a swing guy. I don't think he starts all year. Grayson Rodriguez, uh He's a pitcher in Baltimore like that side. I, I have very low expectations. Uh, weathers should be interesting. But, yeah, definitely Shane Bazzler. Uh Austin, you uh, feel the same way? Do you uh, want to pick someone else? No, I totally agree with Shane Baz. Uh, Luis Patino, I'm still not really uh, I'm still not really trusting him as a starter. Uh, I saw a couple starts of his last year, and I don't. I don't really trust him as a starter yet. I think he does go back to the bullpen. Um, Grayson Rodriguez, very unproven. will probably yeah do some spot starts, but probably not enough um, for him to be fantasy relevant as a starter. Maybe a reliever, but again, he's on the Orioles in Camden Yards, which is a very offensive ballpark. So They did move those fences back 20 feet, and I've seen the construction of it, and it's an absolutely insane how far back it actually is and how much taller the wall is. I'm excited for that. And then uh, uh, Ryan Weathers, I actually went and saw Ryan Weathers pitch live and he got hashtag rocked by the (laughs) Rockies. Um, So, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't really trust Ryan Weathers either. Um, Shane Baz, I think is the, is going to be the most consistent. Um, And even then he's a Ray. So any, any, any pitcher that comes out of the Ray system seems to be throwing fire. So um, Sixto Sanchez, in the new in the Mardi Gras league that I'm in with Felipe, I have him as my as my prospect. I just I think I'm I think I'm going to keep him just because he has a you minor get to league. Keep him. Yeah, I have get to, to keep him. him. He has a minor yeah. league attachment to him. He has shown promise, but the injuries are a bit of a concern. But you know because I had a because I have him as my minor league guy, and I could keep two minor league guys on top of my five keepers. I decided to keep him. Um, yeah, Hans Kraus. I don't really know too much about, but. Um, you know, I, I even if I knew enough about Hans Kraus, I pretty much I probably would pick Shane Baz over any of those guys. Uh, Hans Kraus is going to become like a mythical creature on this podcast. You'll yeah, see. He, I mean, he he was uh, he, it was just so funny how he popped up on that. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I have I have a lot of uh, like I said, Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm not I'm, I'm I'm avoiding Shane Baz, but there is something to be said about the uh, Rays. Uh, yeah, it's great, but we've seen the frustration that comes with owning a race starting pitcher. Uh, they get babied a lot. They don't go more than three times around the order, it seems like. They, six-man rotation, Shane Bass is listed as SP number six in my book, my, my workbook here. Uh, and currently, he's not even listed at all on the rotation last I checked last night, unless I'm dreaming. Either way, I mean, there's a possibility that the race can go a six-man rotation, kind of nullifying any promise, any... Uh, uh, rocketing promise that comes from a Shane Baz. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, though, as soon as he steps into that Orioles uh, rotation, I do firmly believe that he will become the best starting pitcher on that team. That's what I think. All right, really quick, uh, to the age groups, uh, can you guys guess what the average age of these pitchers that are listed here is? We'll s- 28.4. Uh, Austin, go ahead. Uh, of the All of the pitchers? Yeah, all 245 pitchers right here. 
26.7. Oh, it is. It's going to be way. I, I, I'm, I'm way off. I'm 32, 32. 20, 28.7, Sean. Oh, shit. I, I, should, I shouldn't have even opened my mouth. Yeah, shut the hell I, up. Thanks, I, felt, I felt really good. I, I started scrolling down and I saw a lot of like the older, like the 38s, 37s, 36s. And I was like, oh, no, those guys are going to skew this. <laughs> so there's 14 uh, starting pitchers on this list that uh, are at the age of 28, starting with Jose Barrios on the, on the screen here, all the way down to Tyler Gilbert. Uh, initial reaction, who do you pick up from this group? Austin, let's start with you. That's such a mixed bag. Oh, um, yeah. I think out of all of those, my pick to click for there would be probably Barrios, just because he's the most um, he's the most experienced, he's the most uh, consistent, I guess. Am I huge on Barrios? Probably not as much as most other people are, but out of all of those, I probably would go with Barrios. Uh, Freed would be really interesting yeah. um, to to pick up. Um, Framber Valdez is good, but he was kind of, I, if I remember correctly, last season I think he was kind of inconsistent at the end of the season. Mm. Um, Lance McCullers would also be a, a good one to pick up. Um, the other one I think that people are probably, and the Yankee fans are probably like, what about Luis Severino? Um, I don't trust Luis Severino because he can't stay on the field for more than two starts without hurting his elbow or hurting something. So, you know, this, that's more of a prove it to me before I draft you situation. So until he proves that he can stay on the field for a whole season or even for a handful of starts, um, I'm not, I'm not picking up Luis Severino for anything. I like this. I asked for one. He gives me six names. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, go ahead. Pick a guy. Any guy. Um, I'm probably going to go Lance McCullers, and this is a, a risky yeah, proposition I, here. I knew you would. Um, I knew you would. I really like McCullers. I've always really liked McCullers. Um, granted, he ended up missing the last part of the postseason last year due to some elbow inflammation, elbow issues. He never made it back to the mound, and it was just released, I think, this past week that um, he hasn't gotten back on a mound yet. And that's a huge red flag, but it also, to me, they said he should still be ready. Like by the time opening day comes around, you know, if some butts, you know, that whole thing, but if his, you know, price takes a hit because of this news mm-hmm. and I can grab Lance McCullers, you know, four or five, six rounds later than normal. I mean, he's got legitimate stuff and 2021 was hands down. I believe his best season, um, as a professional, he's got an insane slider. He started throwing this cutter kind of towards the end that did really well. Um, he just, he has so much whiff ability on all of his pitches. Every pitch except his sinker had a whiff rate of at least 36%. And I mean, just his breaking stuff and off speed. He has so many pitches and I, I just love when guys have multiple plus pitches and that's Lance McCullers. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like McCullers too, but uh, from this group, I think I will agree with Austin and stick with Jose Barrios. I know the consequences and the risks that are involved, but I just can't help myself. He just on he just sticks out. He seems to be the best pitcher on this list, despite the fact that you're right about McCullers. Uh, and then you still got Luis Severino. I know Austin doesn't like Luis Severino, but there is something to be said about someone who is coming, uh, uh, who's uh, has the stuff that he has, and we're assuming that he's healthy playing with what's supposed to be another good Yankees lineup, hopefully, supposedly we'll see, but yeah, uh, if you can get, uh, if you can uh, scare off enough people with uh, his injury history or uh, his recent injury history, um, you can get very well rewarded for your troubles in Luis Severino. Let's look at some of the others. I I, I will say this. I will defend the Yankees that way. You know, I can have it as a badge of honor. He did throw back to back 30 plus start seasons in 17 and 18, but That was also in 2018, 
And it's been now go, we're going into the 2022 season and he's appeared in only seven games and only three of those have been starts. So I, I do get Austin's, you know, uh, injury of reliability concerns, but to act like he had never actually done it before. Cause he posted, they had 193 innings in 17, 191 and 18. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they use him as a swing man, like as a multi-inning hater, like type player. I could see, I know they're probably going to try and use him as a starter, but he's going to end up in the bullpen if the innings start racking up. Yeah. Uh, Which is why high, I avoid him. Yeah. High risk, high reward. I understand. But uh, yeah, it's for me, it's kind of uh, alluring to not take that risk. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I feel like I have to take that risk if, if, if the situation comes up and he's there compared to some of the other pitchers. I also like Tony Gonsolin, but uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about him later on. Uh, so these are the projected points. Austin, you'll appreciate this is what we're, these are basically the projected points that uh, are utilized uh, uh, in our Mardi Gras league, the keeper league that we were, that you uh, pointed out earlier. So uh, the number one guy here for projected points is Garrett Cole. <laughs> uh, let's start with Sean, Sean, buy yourself Garrett Cole being the number one points getter in fantasy points leagues. I think that's a relatively safe bet. Um, I don't think it's going to be a 70-point gap between him and the next guy. Um, I think that the second or third place could easily be, you know, another great year, but with more innings from Corbin Burns. I think Zach Wheeler uh, really showed something in the second half, increasing his strikeouts and just in pure volume. I think he could lead a lot of points leagues just from his volume. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it's very probable Garrett Cole will be number one in points. I, that I don't doubt that, but I don't think it's going to be a huge gap like it is projected here. All right, follow up question to you then. Uh, there's Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, and Shane Bieber as the only three pitch starting pitchers who will get 500 points. Uh, obviously, these are just projections. One of them, I, you know, what I feel like, Sean, it feels like one of them will get to 500 points. One of them will not get to 500 points. And uh, the third guy might just fall off the face of the planet. Uh, who's your guy that will definitely get to 500 points? And who's your guy who will not get to 500 points? Uh, the one that 100% will get to 500 points is Garrett Cole. The one that I think will fall off the face of the planet is Shane Bieber. I, I like Shane Bieber. I really do. But last year it just left a weird, I'm not sure how much I trust him. Because to this point, you no, know, he had the good 2019. Um, and then he was, you know, insane in 2020. And then this year he only makes 16 starts mm. and I'm just like, okay, what are we getting here? And I'm, I'm really not sure. I thought he was actually older. He's only 27. So that makes me feel a little bit better, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm questionable on Shane Bieber, especially at the price. Uh, what's his ADP according to this 32. Yeah. I'm, I'm not drafting Shane Bieber at 32. That's I, I'm getting a hitter there or I pray to God. I've already gotten somebody else in front of him in terms of pitching. What about you, Austin? Uh, same question to you. Who is more likely to get to 500 points and from that list that I just gave you, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, Shane Bieber, and who is more likely not to get to 500 points? More, uh, Most likely, I think the safe bet is Garrett Cole, um, for sure. Um, okay. I mean, you can't – I don't think you can bet against Garrett Cole. But I'm going to go with Max Scherzer does not make 500 points. Yes. Because of um, his age and the fact that he's on the Mets now. Um, you know, <laughs> so 
Nets. Hey, now <laughs> I mute myself for five seconds to have a sip and they just, all, they, it's like they knew it. <laughs> but um, no, uh, I, I think with Max Scherzer being 37, he's still going to be good. Still going to be top five, not make 500 points. Um, I think he's going to fall off a little bit. Um, you know, he's 37 and you know, the Mets, for whatever reason, they seem to have a hard time keeping pitchers to be consistent. Um, but he is Max Scherzer, but I don't think he gets to 500 points. Um, yeah, I think honestly, I think my top four or five, I don't have Garrett Cole as number one. I would have, um, I'm going to, I'm going to give a hot take and say Zach Wheeler is going to be the top is going to be the top points pitcher Zach Wheeler then um oh where was he Uh, Zach Wheeler I 100% buy in with that Zach Zach Wheeler Corbin Burns Garrett Cole then um um then Brandon Woodruff okay and uh Max Scherzer all right that'll make a jet happy the Brewers fan uh, so with all that being said, uh, from Walker Bueller all the way down to, I guess, Charlie Morton, maybe Chris Sale, if you could, if you could uh, take a sneak peek down below, uh, this is zoomed in for all our viewing public out there, but, uh, of, of the, these are supposed to be the top points leader getter, uh, yeah. Points leader getters, I guess. Point, get, is, point getter leaders, <laughs> point getter leaders say that 20 times fast. Sorry. <laughs> The coffee's wearing off all of a sudden. Uh, which of these guys is a bit has like a big red flag? No pun intended with all the red that I see. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you're new to this podcast and you're watching on YouTube or you're watching live right now, red is good. Orange is uh, I'm sorry. Red is elite. Orange is good. Yellow is a bit average. It's just average, I should say. Uh, green is below average and blue is just awful. So with all that being said, uh, Sean, let's start with you again. Who is a red flag from Walker Bueller all the way down to Chris Sale? Uh, Walker Bueller to Chris Sale. Okay, that's a nice little group there. I'm going to say the red flag for me will fall down. Kevin Gossman. I think going back to the (laughs) AL East where he has some nightmares. (laughs) And I I said that like just without even thinking about all of the Gossman conversation we've had over the years, Felipe. Uh Um, uh But the big contract letdown. Personally, I think the same thing is going to happen to Robbie Wright. I I think that those guys are coming off of just such great years. And I I know Gossman does a little things different with his splitter to make sure he keeps it, you know, in check and he doesn't lose it at all. But he's going to one of the most stacked offensive divisions in all of baseball. Um, That's tough. I I mean, he, he left probably one of the weakest in a very friendly pitcher's ballpark. And I've heard that they put a humidor in at Rogers Center, so it plays a little bit more pitcher friendly. But I don't know. I, I think Gossman will be like one of those guys. He could lead the league in wins, but have like a four ERA because I think their yeah. offense will be that good. Uh, what about you, Austin? Who's the red flag on this list, on this top 25 list that you there's, see here? There's a, there's a few of them that come out, but I'll just I'll leave it to one since you guys are killing me with the, oh, he's, he's only giving me, he's giving me, uh, he's giving me six. 37. Uh, 37 <laughs> players. I, I like all these guys and I hate all these guys. Um. The red flag for me, this guy is older and he relies a whole lot on the fastball. And I think he had a really good year last year, but Lance Lynn, Mm. um, Lance Lynn um, relies a lot on the fastball. And I think now that he's had a really good season with the White Sox, I think that they are going to focus more on Lance Lynn and realize that he, he relies a lot on 
fastball movement, which is great, but you also have a lot of hitters that can hit the fastball really well. So do I think Lancelin will be good? Yes. I don't think he'll be number 18. I think he'll drop. My guy is you Darvish just because I had him last year and he left a very sour taste in my mouth. And I, I'm Sean brought it up last year. He's probably cheated and got, and didn't want to get caught. And we probably saw what he does without the sticky stuff. So yeah, I also know that like you Darvish is kind of like at around pick 100. I think I'm okay with Darvish there, especially like in years past where he was, you know, more between like forties and seventies, but after the down year, you know, he gets a full year to really kind of rework what he's doing. And a guy had, that has eight pitches, like he just, he honestly needs to figure out what four he likes most and just throw those four. Uh, yeah. I mean, it could be that simple, but we'll see. I mean, the dude Darvish just, it took him a while to kind of regroup after the debacle in 2017 with the, against the Houston Astros when he was a Dodger. And it was a nice feel good story when he was with the Cubs. And then it just kind of disintegrated. But you know what? He's not the only one. I mean, Brandon Woodruff also kind of fell off the face of the earth for my team as well. Not that I'm grumpy about it or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I, I traded for Darvish down the stretch last year. I traded for both him and Maley, um, Molly, whatever you want to say his name, um, uh, thinking that they would push me across. And it, alas, it did not happen. And then they both got traded off in the offseason. So, oh, well. <laughs> uh, let's see. I got Wade Miley and Dylan Bundy. These are guys, in terms of the projected points, they're the most average uh, point getters. Uh, at least in terms of projections. Um, so from number 81 all the way to number 104, uh, Sean, I'll start with you this time around. Is there a guy you like on this list? 81, that's Taiwan Walker, all the way to Dane Dunning and Streven, uh, Streven Steven Strasburg. Um, if we were to go like slightly above that, I know that's not within the rules. 79 is Bailey over, and I will always sing Bailey over praise. He's going to be like one of the best strikeout the walk guys out there. He will give up some home runs, but if I'm going to stick it in that group that you told me to, it's going to be Noah Syndergaard. I, I, I don't care. It's it's Noah Syndergaard. I, if Noah Syndergaard is on the list, I will always pick him. So I'm going Noah Syndergaard. That's complete homerism 101. That's how you do it, boys. All right. Uh, Austin, do you have a homer pick for us too or no? <laughs> uh, this list is tough. No, I mean, I would really love to do a homer pick, but again, I don't trust the Angels pitching staff. Um, Syndergaard, I think, would be the. I think he'll be the. I think he'd be the sexy pick. Um, but I think for more than one reason, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen those locks, man? Have you seen him without a shirt <laughs> and without his pants? Whoa, this is underwear. Whoa, whoa. Tying his uh, hair in a nice little bun. Man there. bun, yep, uh, there you go. Brings a whole new meaning to Thor's hammer. Um, whoa. Have you seen his hammer? <laughs> oh, I'm not talking yeah, about his yes, tools either. I, I was about to say, yes, I've seen his curveball. You think that's a cup, but that's not his cup. No, that's something else. Oh, my else. God. Oh, no. You talk about his movement on his fastball. Have you seen the movement? Okay, let's go. <laughs> God. On his uh, curveball, you sickos. Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> the hammer. Um, the, <laughs> the one, the, the guy that sticks out here that I like is Mike Clevenger. Coming off a of, he's 31, coming That's off a season one. where, you know, he had. Didn't pitch at all. Rest. Yeah, he was injured. Um, but, you know, Mike Clevenger before he was injured was really good. Um, and I think especially where he's at right now, if I were to draft Mike Clevenger right around here, I think I'd be okay with that. You know, um, you know, if he was higher, I would say no because of his injuries and I want to, but right here, I think Mike Clevenger sticks out and could be really good. He could be a very under the radar, good pickup. 
Well, since you guys get to pick 20 names, uh, watch out for Alex Cobb with the Giants, as I see that there's a projected 388 FIP. 20 names. I picked one. <laughs> I picked well, I, 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 I picked two-ish. <laughs> yeah, you made me go up and down the list here. I'm like, where are we going? Up or down? Up or down? Anyway, Alex <laughs> Cobb, That's a, he has a 388 FIP projection. Alex Cobb, I don't like him a lot at all, but he's with the Giants. He's, going, he's in the right ballpark. So that might be something you might want to keep an eye on um, just because of the team that he's on. Uh, and the, quickly, the guy I'm going to go with is uh, Oscar Yanoa. I just, I can't help it. And it's interesting that, that Austin reacted. Uh, I, I forget, it, it was kind of like, oh, this list, 81 to 104. But this is it, man. This is the, uh, the, the, money, the money draft right here, or the, the money portion of the draft. These guys will make <laughs> or break your, uh, your team throughout the rest of the season. But those are good names. I like Mike Clevenger. As a bounce back candidate, and I like the Sean's picks as well. Uh, now it gets really interesting. Let's go be like Jacques Cousteau and go underneath <laughs> the very depths of the sea. Oh, God. So the lowest guy here is uh, oh, how the hell did Kyle Wright get here? All oh, right, he was the only spot starter that I did not uh, put any projections on, thinking I didn't need to put it on. Oh well. <laughs> Uh, so what was I talking about? Okay, so the guy, the low guys are Ryan Weathers, Hans Kraus, but yeah, we already we don't need to talk about those guys anymore. Let's keep going up a little bit. Peter Lambert sucks, and then we get to Dean Kramer at 109 projected points. So from Willie Peralta all the way down to Dean Kramer, let's start with Austin. Who do you like on this list? Is there anybody that is uh, criminally underrated based on Ariel Cohen's projections here? Based on where he goes, Matthew Boyd. Oh. I'm going to go with Matthew Boyd. He um, needs a team first. <laughs> he needs a team. It's very, very dependent on what team he goes to. Um, I will pick a 1B, and I will um, go with – God. Um, I'll go with mm, – this one's hard. <laughs> you already gave me one name, man. Yeah, so I gave you I one name. For. I'm going to stick with Matthew Boyd. We're going to go with Matthew. <laughs> there Boyd. you go. There you go. Depending, uh, on, depending on where his team, where what team he goes to, but I think he'll 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 do pretty good in a new in a new environment. I'm going to go with Matthew Boyd. I'm pretty sure Sean agrees with that. He's been on Matthew Boyd's uh, bandwagon for a long time. Sean, who's your guy here? I'm going to go with the guy who I'm not even picking projected as a starter. I think he will go to a bullpen. And I think he could be a very good reliever, maybe not a closer, but a multi-inning guy. And really, there's two of them here. Um, one is Nate Pearson. That's not who I'm going to mention. It's going to be the oldest guy on this list, and that is Garrett Richards. Uh, he started off in 2021 <laughs> yes. as a starter with the Red Sox, went up and down, went really down after the spider tack stuff. Um struggled was demoted to the bullpen wasn't you know was kind of used as a spot starter opener for a couple of innings and then in the last two months when Boston was trying to make their postseason push he was a big part of that bullpen Mm. and he did really really well and we've been saying for years with Garrett Richards and just his ability to spin the ball with or without you know sticky stuff whatever you want to say because even though the active spin on it and it wasn't actually contributing as much uh, he was getting such good results on the slider and curveball just because he put so much on it, I guess, would be a good way to say it. And he's always had the good velo. And I think now is the time that he could really extend his career. He could go to a, a, like a bad team and be a really good closer. And so I think Garrett Richards, out of all these guys, I'm picking Garrett Richards, but it's not as a starting pitcher. It's as a reliever. All righty then. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot of good names out here. Uh, despite the low projected points, lots of guys with uh, high strikeout and lots of guys that we already talked about. 
But the one guy that sticks out in terms of the colors of the rainbow, that is my spreadsheets. It has to be Matt Brash, who's listed as a spot starter on my book here. Uh, the, the K9 is pretty intriguing at 9.54. Uh, hits per nine allowed is 8.19. So let me just double check something. Is that because it's mostly because it's he's projected to come out of the bullpen. Yeah, uh, He's only going to start 27.6 of his games. But there's a lot of guys like that on this list who are more bullpen guys than uh, starting pitchers. And they're going to be spot starting or maybe even pitch three or four innings at a time just because that is the nature of the beast that is Major League Baseball nowadays. So that is going to be someone I'm going to keep an eye on, not necessarily uh, draft right away, but definitely someone I want to keep a, my eye on for the rest of the season. Let's move on just a little bit above uh, the ocean water here. We got uh, Alec Mills at number 165, all the way up to Nick Martinez at 144. Sean, you'll appreciate that. Nick Martinez is uh, the... Oh, what do you call it? The um, projected fifth starter for San Diego over Chris Paddock. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, what number is he at? One. One forty-four. Nick Martinez is. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And uh, Austin, you'll appreciate that after we talked last night. I did add number one fifty-five, Dan Straley, onto the D-backs as he, uh, I believe, he kicked out Tyler Gilbert. Or is it Tyler Gilbert from the D-backs? One of them. They have a they have a, a rotation in flux now. Yeah, so uh, Austin, let's start with you. Uh, from this list, from number one forty-four, and and then guys, you're gonna do me a favor, just uh, call out the ranking that you your guy is at, so I can get a better view as as to where they are. Uh, so from number one forty-four, Nick Martinez, all the way down to number one sixty-five, Alec Mills. Who's your guy? The guy on this one, I think, is going to be the probably the sexy pick out of this list. But you know, you, you got to go with sexy every once in a while. Um, I'm going to go with number 156, Aaron Ashby of the Brewers. Yes, I really like Aaron Ashby. I, I saw him. I saw a couple starts from him, and I've read a few articles as to like he's the next guy that's coming out of the Brewers. I believe he's going to start in the bullpen, um, but I think. Yes. He, but they're trying to make room for him in the rotation. So I think they are going to eventually put him in the rotation. The other thing that I like about this is projected numbers, 10.61 K per nine and a 0.81 homers per nine, as well as a seven, seven and a half hits per nine. Now his walks per nine, 3.96 is a little bit concerning, uh -huh. but at this low with some of the numbers and some of the projections that he has and some of the hype that's around him and the fact that he's in the Brewers rotation with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and all of those, I like Aaron Ashby at uh, out of these people. Now we got to be careful with these projections because Aaron Ashby's numbers are solely mostly based off the fact that he will be working out of the bullpen, but the same thing with Matt Brash. Uh, I it's the Brewers. They're going to utilize him as his, as a long man out of the bullpen and uh, who knows, maybe they'll add him as a six man on the rotation. So uh, that's a, but, you know, we talked about him last year and it seems like we keep talking about him. That's a guy that all three of us really like. And, uh, you know, it's a very sexual uh, episode of the podcast. As you guys were, uh, as we were, when we were talking about uh, Noah Syndergaard, I wanted to point out that Jet said that he was already rubbing his nipples together because we kept talking about the Brewers. And <laughs> now we're talking about Aaron Ashby. So, yeah. Uh, Sean, who's your guy from 144 to 165? Who do you like here? I really I don't like any of these people, but you gotta I, like someone. I, I, I have it's to, gonna get to that one. point. Yeah, I know. Um, you got Nate Pearson, who is like the young version of Garrett Richards, uh, who we okay. just talked about. But I'm probably gonna go Spencer Howard here. Uh, I think oh, he has the, the I think he has the best chance to start out yeah. of a lot of these guys. Uh, former, you know, huge top 100, top 50 prospect was part of the deal that sent uh, 
Kyle Gibson and who is the reliever Ian Kennedy to the Phillies last year. Um, only made one start, I believe, for Texas down in the minors. It was just like a, a two-inning ramp-up type deal. And then he ended up starting uh, 15 games for Texas, and the results weren't too pretty. But <laughs> I'm going to chalk that up to first time ever being traded, going de- literally debuting with that team after two innings in the minors. Um, I, I like the stuff. I like the fact that he has four good pitches. I mean, they're all pretty solid. Um, his command was never as bad as it was in the majors. Uh, the home runs have been an issue before in the past, but his ground ball rate was as low as it's really ever been in his professional career. Um, so I'm a little interested in that. Definitely want to do some digging, but I feel like Texas has this aura around them right now that now might be a good time to hop on some of the Texas Ranger guys because it looks like they're really going for it. And you know, that can be a huge just mental mindset change for young players instead of like, oh, I got traded to this team. You know, they traded their stars. I'm a prospect coming back. No, we just signed Corey Seager. We just signed Marcus Simeon. We got John Gray. Uh, you know, we're we're going for it. And I, I think that raises everyone's mental level, like one step up, especially the young guys who'd be like, hey, this team's going for it and they're starting me. Like you think that's, that, that's going to help AJ Alexia as well. You see, I don't think like I, I know they still have. I was just looking at that. They have him as number four. I, AJ Alexia, I feel like isn't actually going to start for them. I, I think they sign like <laughs> one or two more guys. I do All like right. Taylor Hearn in the top three of that rotation, but I think Howard's definitely sticking in it. Yeah, that's very frustrating about doing these lists, and that's part of the reason why we I was up all night last night compiling it is because I want to make sure I had all every single player that needed to be uh, included. I got the number up to 245, and I'm not showing all of them because of uh, we're not going to get a chance to talk about the injured guys or the prospects. But uh, yeah, we're gonna yeah as soon as the freaking lockout ends, we're gonna have to uh, redo this list all over again to figure out where all these guys went. At the very least, to update where maybe a guy like Quang Young Kim, if he ever gets signed, it's the first free agent I see here at number one forty-five. If he gets uh, signed, I gotta... think he's going back. I, I want to, yeah, I want to say he already signed, but I, I'd have to look. All right, it doesn't matter if he's if he's not on a major league team. I'm going to delete his name from here, but we got we this is this is what we got to work with because of the stupid lockout. Uh, you guys took my thunder. I was going to say either Aaron Ashby, my backup was Nate Pearson, so I'll go ahead and say Jesus Lazardo, uh, just because I can't give him up. Uh, He's been a guy I've been targeting and he's been on my prospects radar for a very long time now. It's a make or break. I mean, he's only 24 still, but yeah, it definitely feels like it's a make or break season for him, whether he becomes a bona fide starting pitcher or he goes and becomes a lefty bullpen guy. I'm still hoping that it he becomes a legit left-handed starting pitcher um, in Major League Baseball. All right, so let's move on. Let's go to some of these rate stats. Um Oh yeah, this is the thing that sucks about. Okay, uh, so Kim's still a free agent, by the way. Oh, okay, figured I'd let you know. Yeah, that's what sucks about this. The uh, zooming in all the way through um, to one hundred thirty percent. Just I can't get the points. I want to get the points here. So let me unfreeze and then refreeze, right? But I, I was I'm gonna go ahead and sort it by strikeouts per walk. Uh, that's always an interesting uh, way to go about things. Is the strikeout per walk ratio? Um. So let's take a quick look as I kind of modify this a little bit just for um, aesthetic purposes, if you will. There we go. There it is. Strikeout per walk ratio. Uh, guess who's at the top? Jacob the Grom. The only <laughs> one fair. with a the only one with a six to one 
K per nine ratio. And of course, number two is Garrett Cole. So New York, New York runs baseball and ruins baseball as we learned yesterday. Uh, but Sean, what about Clayton Kershaw at, at a five to one ratio at the advanced age of 34 years old, by the way, Mind blown statistic of the day: Clayton Kershaw and Jacob Degrom are both thirty-four years old coming into the season. Yeah, but that, I was looking at that the other day, and I'm like, Clayton Kershaw has to be the oldest looking 33, 34 year old I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So, will he get to that five strikeout per walk ratio there? I think he easily can. Uh, I, I do think he goes back to the Dodgers like sh- very shortly after the lockout ends, and he is a guy that, like I told you, I, I traded for Darvish and Molly down the stretch to push me across. They didn't help me. I jettisoned both of them in a deal that brought me back Yelich and Kershaw. Um, I think Kershaw still, especially in points leagues where he, he doesn't walk people, the strikeouts are down, but I really like Kershaw still. Like he hasn't shown us that he can't pitch. I mean, he pitches less than he usually does, but I mean, all of the results, I mean, he's still insanely good. Uh, so, yeah, I really like Kershaw. I think he's going to be a sneaky value in some drafts. Uh, Austin, is there a guy with a very good K per walk ratio that is concerning to you on this? Uh, let's see. It's Let's go down to uh, – let's move it down a little bit. So from Max Scherzer at number four all the way down to, let's say, maybe even Joe Musgrove at number 26 if you can see him a little bit. Um, is there a guy that kind of, you know what, you already talked about Max Scherzer. So let's drop it down. And from number five, Corbin Burns, all the way down to 26, Joe Musgrove, who's your big red flag here? Uh, number 10, Justin Verlander. Ooh. Okay. Just because he's 39 years old, he's coming off the injury. He hadn't Mm -hmm. pitched in a year. We don't know what we're going to see out of Justin Verlander. Yeah. We may see the uh, Justin Verlander of old, but he's also 39 years old. So, you know, we're going to see a different Justin Verlander for sure. The the problem is what Justin Verlander are we going to see? Are we going to see the Justin Verlander that mows down everybody as he goes up there? Or Mm -hmm. are we going to see more of a Justin Verlander that kind of moves toward like, not necessarily Zach Granke, but, you know, more of, you know, he's going to be more contact. He's going to be, you know what I mean? He's not going to be blowing everybody away. In that case, I think his value drops. Because the big the big pull for Justin Verlander is his K per nine, right? Or is yeah. is his strikeouts? Strikeouts, but, yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't uh, I don't foresee Verlander getting um, as many strikeouts as he used to, especially with the age that he's at and coming off a uh, coming off a season where he didn't play because of injury. Um, so the fact that he's way up here. Um, that concerns me, and I don't think I would pick Justin Verlander way up here. I don't think he's going to get as high of a K per nine as it's as is projected. Uh, so his projected K per nine is at ten point three two. So one of the few, well, one of the double digit guys. I don't know how few or, or large the list is anymore at this point. But uh, so what? You don't think he's going to get to double digits K per nine? What 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 what's your predicted K per nine for Justin Verlander then? Mm, low nines to high eights. Oh, okay, so oh. you're talking that's, that's, about that's me. a mega drop. So yeah. somewhere between Sean Manaya, uh, Julio Urias at 8.97, and maybe even Bailey Ober at 9.08. Mm, yeah, I could even see him hitting like Logan Gilbert down there at 9.38. Okay, um, that's that's fair. I mean, if, if you, that's not too bad, I guess. Yeah, but, but definitely I, not. I don't, not the I don't price see him. Paying. I don't see him hitting 10.32. I don't. He. I don't see okay. him hitting double digits. Uh, my guy is John Means, just uh, by default. I mean, Chris Paddock, I guess, but it just depends if he wins the starting rotation slot from uh, – I forgot his name already. That's Nick, Marti- Nick, Nick Martinez. Martinez. <laughs> yeah. But I guess my guy at number 16, John Means, uh, just because he plays with the Orioles, uh, 
the projected strikeout is kind of low. Uh, he does have good command, and that's basic, That's why his K per nine is at, at a four to one ratio. The home runs are a big concern, especially if you are in a home run league. But again, like Sean said, they are moving the fences back up a little bit, so we'll see uh, if this number actually comes true or not. But let's go. And, oh yeah, so what's the average K per nine? I believe it was uh, yeah, two point nine four is the average. So let's go down to see who I, is I didn't get to pick one. Oh, I was I so excited for mine. So sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> I am, I was sitting over here hoping you guys wouldn't pick my guy and the one that's the, literally the biggest red flag is Carlos Rodon. Oh my mm-hmm. god, his own team coming off a career year where he was he was the hyped guy for years and then he was hurt and he finally has a career year and his own team doesn't give him a qualifying offer. That that that's mega red flags. So the velo yeah. is definitely dipping down at the end of the season. Yes, you look at his K per nine. He's projected for eleven point one. That's insane. And granted, his twenty twenty one probably bellies that a lot. But he has a two point nine walk per nine, which, if you look at these top twenty five, is by far the highest among the list. So if his walks per nine stay in that same area and those strikeouts come down to the high nines, yeah, oh, he's he's in trouble. He is definitely in trouble, although I, I do say somebody like your Sean Mania, who you mentioned, I think he's still safe in terms of Cade Porwalks just because he doesn't walk anyone. Same with John Means. But yeah. Carlos Rodon doesn't have that skill. Right. So I think he is easily the biggest faller, you know, potentially on this list. All right. I so, was so excited for that. And you were like, oh, let's scroll down. I'm, and I'm like, I'm no, so no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Shame on me. The average K per walk on this list. I thought is I two- was back at work with my fifth graders. I didn't get to pick one. <laughs> my hand was raised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the most average uh, pitcher on K per, uh, K per walk ratio is Jake Odorizzi. Again, that's more projecting because they're projecting him to be a bullpen guy, but he's listed as a long relief guy. So I added him to the list as a potential spot starter on the Houston Astros, but from number 74, Tyler Molly, all the way down to number 97, Adam Wainwright, Sean, we'll start with you first. <laughs> uh, who is your pick to click here? Who do you, this want is 74 to, to what number? Where's my 97, list? 97. 90, okay. 74 to 97. Who do you want people to pay attention to this? On this uh, uh, I think, uh, unfortunately, I don't think his own team will pay attention to him. But I, I really like Tanner Huck. Um, Damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. But you know, because right now the the guys in front of him in the rotation are I I, I shit you not. It's Rich Hill and uh, Michael Waka. Those are the two guys that he has to beat out. I think he can easily beat out Michael Waka literally day one. Uh, Rich Hill, I'm kind of interested in, but I really wish the Red Sox would just let Tanner Huck be a starter. Let him be a starter. If he falls mm-hmm. flat on his face, then put him in the bullpen. Just give him the damn chance. Don't throw Michael Walker and his three home runs per nine out there every fifth day. No, give it, give Tanner, talk, yeah, give Tanner Hook a chance. Give Ooh. Tanner Hook piece a chance. Okay. <laughs> Austin, who's your guy that you want people to look at here? Um, I'm going to pick this guy because I picked him up um, quite a bit off the waiver wire um, when I needed a, when I needed a start and he, and he pulled through for me quite a bit. I think he had a very underratedly good season for the Mariners. I'm going to go with Chris Flexen. Ooh. Yeah. We talked about a nauseum on last week's episode as Sean's a big fan. So I, I can value his quantity, not necessarily his quality. 
And yeah. I mean, you're still a bigger fan than I am. I'm, I'm, I'm still True. clear. But True. Austin, why why are you uh, all in on Chris Flexen then? I like I like Chris Flexen, like I said, because last season I picked him up on the waiver wire a few times when I needed a you know when I needed a start. I, I always seem to gravitate towards Chris Flexen when I needed a start like that, and he always pulled through for me. And he you know he, there were some times where one of his starts would really help me win win that week. So. Um, you know, and I don't think anybody's going to be really paying attention to him very much. I would say Chris Flexen as a very, you know, you may even draft him as like one of your lower later round pitchers, or you could pick him up on a waiver wire as a spot start. Um, he does really well against the angels for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> That's why he knows. <laughs> yeah, he was, I mean, every time he went out, I think he gave up he gave, he didn't give up very many runs against the angels. The angels always had problems with Chris Flexen um, and he's in there in the AOS, but um, no, I like Chris Flexen. Like I said, because I, I always had good luck with him. Does that mean other people like good luck with him? No, maybe I just got lucky with him, but you know, I like, I, I liked that he was able to help me out when, whenever I needed him. Yeah. Just check out last week's episode. If you haven't, uh, Sean goes really into good detail about Chris Flexen and all the positives that come with, uh, getting Chris Flexen at a very low value, uh, um, very low price, just to say, so high high value uh, end there. Uh, I just want to read a comment from uh, my guy, Jed from Wisconsin. Uh, Aaron Ashby, right? It's Aaron Ashby talk. This uh, Sean, you already know, this season, it's all going to be about Aaron Ashby. Last year was Nick Madrigal. The, <laughs> I forgot who the year before was. Who was the year uh, before? I, I think year before was Nick Madrigal, and last year was like Will Smith. That was our big thing was Will Smith. Oh, or was it? No, Salvador Perez was uh, season one. Last year was Nick Magical at nauseum. Along, I guess I won with Will Smith. I think it was flip flop, but okay. No, because Salvador Perez was like, "Why would you draft Salvador Perez?" And then he ended up having a really good season. And then you assumed that last year I was going to pick up Salvador Perez again. Like, nope, you're wrong. Didn't pick him up in any, any of my teams. So, <laughs> uh, so Aaron Ashby talk here. It, Jet says Aaron Ashby is going to be a great spot starter and put in the rotation for the injuries. Possibly the five-man rotation if Eric Lauer doesn't come full circle. If, ever, if up to me, if it were up to me, I wouldn't even bother with Eric Lauer. I'd just put Aaron Ashby up there. But you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, question the uh, the way that David Stearns and company handled things up in Milwaukee. Did you guys see that? Speaking of which, uh, if you go to the roster resource page, unless I'm completely wrong or I might have been hallucinating late last night into the wee hours of the morning. They picked up two guys to uh, for their minor league rosters uh, for the Triple A team, I guess, uh, to fill in for first base. John yeah, I, Singleton, I know, who, I know who one of them is. Tyler White and John Singleton. Wait, when now, did they sign Singleton? I I forgot, but there he was in all his glory. I'm like, whoa, that's interesting. They got the two Houston Astros guys, and then I remember, oh wait, David Stearns was with the Houston Astros before he got to Milwaukee. Yeah, so, and Tyler White last year was actually insanely good um, in Triple A for uh, Toronto. I was looking at guys from 2019 to 2021. Don't ask me why. It's a super deep league. And that was the first year player draft. <laughs> but 19 to 21, the, and they had to be in AAA, both or at least 500 plate appearances between those two years in AAA. And I did at least 125 WRC plus and then sorted it by swinging strike rate. And you saw guys like Rafael Ortega and Jake Cronenworth, guys with really good barrel control. You know who was in there? Tyler freaking White. And then yeah. he, and it was insane. Cause I'm like, I remember this guy who was like short squat, you know, <laughs> slugger, but in 2021, he was in the minor leagues. He posted with Toronto, a 18.1 walk percentage, 
versus a 16 and a half strikeout percentage. Good for a 292, 424, 474 slash line. Only had 13 home runs, but I think my favorite part is he had two stolen bases. Um, but yeah, I thought that was insane because I remember he was like a at least I'm, I'm looking back at his minor league nows with Houston. Like he was walking more than he struck out pretty consistently. Yeah. At one point major, he was a highly sought after uh, yeah, minor league player. I just remember him being more of like the slugger though. Or, uh, I guess Singleton was more of a slugger, but still. Yeah. And Singleton was also highly regarded. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize that he was drafted very late in the draft, uh, but yeah, Singleton was highly regarded as well. And he kept getting busted for marijuana use. Unfortunately, he was uh, the one that had the contract. He was the first one to sign a contract before he actually debuted. I, I don't that I don't know. Now you're getting oh. too in, oh. into details, but no, those two guys were with the Astros at one point. Anyway, uh, my guy Dylan season number 76. Uh, I, like I said, I don't believe that progression and development and evolution of a player development is linear, but I, I, I can't help myself. That's the White Sox fan in me as I cover my Cubs logo, uh, beanie hat here. The White Sox fan in me is getting to the point where I can't help myself. I'm all in on Dylan sees he's gonna make or break my season and him and his awful command. I don't care. I cannot get away from the big, sexy strikeouts. So that's my guy. Let's move to the deep sea levels. Uh, let's start. Where are we here? Uh, uh, let's start. Okay, so from number one, oh, Peter Lambert. We, we talked about him uh, <laughs> kind of like in a blurb last week, right? And we decided that he sucks. So Colorado uh, Rockies guy. <laughs> yeah, I let, think that, that basically summed it up. <laughs> All right, let's go with uh, Chris Bubich at number 177. All the way up to... Uh, Oh, geez, but then Kwang Hyung Kim is there. Oh, well, so from Chris Bubich all the way up to uh, Kwang Hyung Kim, knowing very well that he's not going to be in the majors this upcoming season. Austin, let's start with you. Who do you like on this list? Oh, don't start with me. All um, right. Let's, you I need some know. time? I can go back yeah, to Yeah, I need a minute. I don't right. like anybody on this yeah, list. These yeah, guys th- suck, th- this is a lot of contact, guys, but if I had to pick one, it's going to be a guy who I briefly mentioned just a few moments ago, and that will be Taylor Hearn. He's a really interesting guy to kind of look at. Lefty, he was in the bullpen a lot. He's six Sorry, foot six. He? Uh, he's going to be down there at 174. Oh, thank you. Right above uh, Chris Bubich. I see him. I see him now. Thanks. But yeah, six foot or yeah, six foot six lefty, tall, lanky, uh, pitched in 2020 as well out of the bullpen. I uh, had a K per nine then of nearly 12. The walks were a little bit high. Uh, and I'm pretty sure looking back at his minor league career, he's always been about a three uh, walks per nine type guy, hot mid threes, but he has definitely strikeout stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year he kind of got thrown into the rotation in the second half after being in the bullpen, the entire first half um, had mixed results. I want to say he was definitely better in the bullpen um, before they moved him to the rotation. Uh, yeah. that He had a three and a half ERA as a reliever in 53 innings. And then as a starter, he had an ERA of 5.8. But I think with a full offseason preparation of going back and being a starter, um, yeah, I like Taylor Hearn. And he has one of the higher caper nines of like anyone in this list area aside from Justin Steele. But uh, I like Taylor Hearn. I think he's a sneaky guy to look at. Austin, if you don't uh, have anyone, I can just keep going up if you want. Uh, uh, let's. Uh, I'll go with uh, another one that has a higher K per nine than most of the people. Uh, I think all but one person on this list, and uh, simply because he's on, he's going to be on a rotation. That's kind. That's one of the better ones. Um, I'm going to go with Tucker Davidson of the hmm. Braves at 171. Okay. Um, you know, he's on the Braves. He's young. He's 26. He can still, you know, kind of figure it out a little bit. He's got a projected K.9 of 8.31. His walks are a little high, so that'll probably, 
you know, that'll spell you some issues, but you know, with this low, um, at, at this low, I'm his ADP is 566. So, you know, you could, if you, you, you could pick him up for for the strikeouts and see what he does. He's also got a low projected home runs per nine, which would be really nice and a low and a lower projected ERA than most of the guys on this list. So I'm going to go with Tucker Davidson just because he's young. He's on a pretty decent uh, starting starting rotation and his case per nine are projected to be high. Uh, let's see, Tucker Davidson. Okay, yeah, yeah, he is listed as a mostly a starter. So I thought that maybe there was some issues. Yeah, with- I, I was shocked there. I went and I looked at their roster resources. He's listed as SP five. Uh, granted, that his spot could be in flux once free agency starts back up. Um, yeah. I have heard that yeah. they are Atlanta's looking for possibly one more starter. So. Yeah, it just pisses me off because that, that means I have to redo this whole stupid thing over again. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Nick Martinez, the more we make fun of him, the more I see his numbers. Like, you know what? He might be a guy, but I can't help but uh, continue to trust the people who were highly regarded prospects at one point in their lives. And that's Matt Manning for no other reason that was- he was a. I was, highly... I was trying to decide between Matt Manning or or Tucker Davidson. Yeah, it's slim pickings here. So let's move up a little bit more, and then we'll uh, see if we can uh, uh, move on to the next categories at a quick manner. So let's start from uh, 2.25 with David Peterson at 155, all the way up to 134 in Sammy Long. Uh, Austin, you want to start or you want to, uh, you want to see to uh, Sean there? I think I'm going to go with more of the safer pick. I mean, I like um, I like Lazardo down here simply because he's on the Marlins. He's 24. This is a make or break for him. But I I think um, you know him being in a different him being in a different um, team will will spell well for him. But I'll go with the Gonsolin. Uh, I like yes. Tony at 141. Um, I like Tony Gonsolin. Um, he's always been kind of a safer pick. Um, I think, you know, mid to low, you know, type of pitcher yeah. um, projected caper nine of 9.33. Um, he always, you know, kind of limits his hits pretty well. And he's on that Dodgers pitching staff. You know, the Dodgers pitching staff is always going to be pretty good. Um, you know, he's projected to have a spot, but he could also go back to the bullpen. So you may, you may have a starter reliever. He could probably, he may qualify for both depending on what league you're in. Um I I would I think I'd go with the safe pick here and go with Tony Gonsolin. All right, Sean, you got a guy for me or no? Yeah, I like uh, David Peterson here. I think uh, yeah. he was always a guy that when he was drafted, um, polished, command first lefty of you know, a lot of people made. Oh, he's left-handed. He's six foot five, six foot six. He's he's Mark Burley. I, hell, I even I even did that once or twice. But uh, in the minors, you know, he was this heavy ground ball sinker slider. Uh, but then I, I talked about this. I'm pretty sure in an episode last year. Uh, David Peterson in his debut in 2020, where he did a little bit overperform. The strikeouts were barely over seven, walks were north of four, yet he had a three and a, a sub three and a half ERA, um, while the FIP was a run and the XFIP was a run and a half higher than it actually was. Uh, injuries limited him in 2021. Uh, he had a minor shoulder thing, and as he was coming back from the shoulder, he was literally walking down the clubhouse stairs and broke his foot, and so he never came back. Uh, but he did see the strikeouts rise to uh, over nine and a half or almost nine and a half walks started coming back down and he's transitioned from more sinker slider to four seam slider. And I think that's an, an interesting combo, especially now in today's age of going and relying less on contact. And it, we know that Peterson has, you know, this command first 
ability. And if he can command that with a high or inside four seamer that gets more whiffs compared to a sinker that gets more uh, ground balls and balls in play, he's a guy that I think could really post some really good strikeout to walk numbers. All right. And uh, my guy, you guys uh, got some good names in there, but I guess Framber Valdez, I will never understand. And Sean explains it to me every single week. It seems like why Framber Valdez is so good and all that. And then you look at his uh, projected numbers and like, God, there's a lot of bad here. 2.33. Strike I don't, I don't trust Framber Valdez. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't trust him either. But I mean, 400 projected points is still 400 projected points. And it's not his home run per nine is very low, despite the fact that he is supposedly playing in a very hitter friendly ballpark. And it looks like he has the lowest FIP on this list. So something's working. I he think d- he it, doesn't give up home runs. And it's and when he does give up uh, balls, I mean, they're always on the ground. Like that, that's a huge thing for him. That'll work. That'll work. So and, and he I, can I, get strikeouts in big spots too. Cause that curveball, yeah. he, he has like two different versions of it. One that he uses to get balls on the ground and others for whiffs. It's pretty interesting. All right. So that's my guy. I, I think I just got to just trust him blindly and go from there. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to strikeouts per nine and, uh, let's, I, I'm not, mm, how should we do this? Cause we're running out of time here. So I think we're just going to go one, 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 instead of, uh, you guys give me each a name just to, uh, get this moving along. So we talked about a lot of these guys already. So we could just move on a little bit here. Let's go to, from number four strikeout per nine, all the way down to Charlie Morton, Charlie, uh, at number 25 strikeout per nine, Sean, who's your red flag? Who do you not trust on this list? I'm going to go. Uh, Carlos Rodon again. I, I I don't think he posts the same strikeout numbers. All right. I like that. Fast and furious. What is the average? The average is 8.5, 8.56 strikeout per nine. So let's move down to 8.56. And Austin's going to give me a name as soon as I get it down. So anywhere between Chris. So Chris Paddock and Chris Bassett. If your name is Chris, you're, you're, you're mid, you're average. But who's your guy here from number 83, Advert Alzale, all the way down to 105, Tucker Davidson again. <laughs> Uh, for red flag, uh, no a guy that you like here. Who, who do you want to spotlight? Guy that I like Chris Chris Bassett. I like Chris Ooh. Bassett here. Um, very much a contact guy. Um, you know he's not going to blow you away with strikeouts. Um, but you know I I I like Chris Bassett, and I think I this may also be kind of more of a thing where like I really respect the fact that he got hit in the face and had with 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 the line drive and came back in that same season. Um, he's an ace for the A's. Um, I really like Chris Bassett. I think Chris Bassett will be a, a, a good points producer for your league. All right. Yeah. I always under underrate Chris Bassett and, and I'm it's getting to the point where like, maybe I should stop that. Cause uh, he always proves me wrong. All right. So here's his low strikeout per nine, but th- this is just awful. I mean, the got a bunch of twins pitches down there, Lewis Thorpe, Randy Dobnak. So let's, let's start with at least, Let's go with the guys who at least get you seven per nine strikeouts per nine innings. And as I move my way up, it's from 167 Marco Gonzalez all the way up to Hans Kraus. Uh, I guess uh, it's on me now to pick a name. Well, there's a sea of crap, but I guess Adam Wainwright, what he lacks in strikeouts. We talked about it last week, Sean. He makes up for it in uh, just painting the corners and giving up weak contact and lots of ground balls. Now, can, can I get your opinion on one guy real fast? Sure, go ahead. Casey Mize, does he not seem like he could be a, a high riser from this group of low 7K per nine guys? Yeah. I feel like, and it's I feel a, like Casey Mize could really jump up list here. It's the same reason for uh, why I picked Matt Manning on the other list. It's just the former prospect pedigree is there. And number 165, Casey Mize. 
I don't know what the hold. Up, I mean, I, I have an idea what the holdup is. It's the, the pandemic and the lockout and the shortened season. It's it's messing with a lot of pit, uh, young prospect, young pitching prospects. And uh, yeah, Sean, since uh, you gave me a quick answer, go ahead and give me a guy that you think we should pay attention to. In that same list, it's going to be yeah. I'd, I'd say Casey Mize. I, I think having okay. Tucker Barnhart behind the plate, and they are doing some interesting things with their R and D guys. So um, I'm going to go Casey Mize. Uh, I thought you were going to go with Hans Kraus. Oh, no. Hans Kraus is just like the meme of the show, I think. Yeah, that's why. I, I, I think we should invite him on one day. <laughs> All right. One day. Special, special shout out for me to Savali and Cal Quantrill. I think uh, I think those are two that maybe we you could yeah. watch as well. Yeah, if you're at the Guardians, you are going to yield low strikeout totals, but you're going to. I don't know. Shane Bieber gonna, will make up for it. <laughs> and, and you're going to produce in other ways anyway, because that's what the what the Guardians do of the Galaxy. All right. This is the uh, these are the control freaks. So from number four, Ryan Yarbrough, all the way to Tyler Alexander, Austin. Uh, give me a guy you want to spotlight on this list. These are guys who don't give up a lot of walks. I'm going to spotlight. Well, I already I already did uh, Savali. Well, good or bad, whatever you want. Good or bad. Just give me a name. Uh, let me see. Uh, let's go number 18, Zach, please sack. I don't, yes. I, um, uh, I'm not quite sure about him. He's, he's one that I'm like, he's good, but I don't know if he's going to be super good. I mean, he's got, he, he is another guardians pitcher with a low, with low K's. Um, but I don't know. I think I'd like, I think I'd pick Quantrill over, over, over Plesak, but that's somebody you could watch and, you know, you could pick up in the lower rounds and he'll probably produce enough for you to justify him picking up in the low rounds. Listen, man, Aaron Savali, Cal Quantrill, Zach Plesak, they're the same guys. They're all, they're, they're a hybrid of each other, I guess, at this point. What is the most average walk per nine? The most average walk per nine is 3.02, I believe. So let's go down to 3.02, and that would give us right to Alex, Alex Cobb. <laughs> Again, I keep telling you guys, new team, new Alex Cobb, corner of the Cobb. Uh, that San Francisco ballpark does wonders. But, uh, Sean, is that your guy? Who do you want to give shine a light on? This someone someone this in this region that has a command that I think could even get better. Uh, I'm going to avoid some of the older guys that gets rid of guys like Corey Kluber. I don't want to talk about them. We know they can throw strikes. I do think an interesting name here, it will be Tyler McGill. Um, Jolly Olive on YouTube did a really good video comping Tyler McGill's journey through the minors to Jacob DeGrom's. Uh, McGill was called upon last year, just kind of last second, just spent uh, one, two starts in AAA uh, before he came up. But he ran out of steam. He had never thrown more than, I think, 90 innings um, in his professional career, and he threw a little over 100 this year between the minors and majors. Uh, solid fastball, very good slider. The changeup will be key for him. But also, I do think his command is much better than what we saw last year, and I think we'll see it this year. Uh, just a quick shout-out to three guys that we mentioned on the episode last week, Sean. Uh, Tarek Skubal at number 90. Uh, Shane McClanahan at number 97. And John Gray at 102, not to be confused with life group member, John Gray, who's in our basketball life league. <laughs> but, you know, we got to talk about it. Trevor Bauer at number 89. Um, he was cleared of all charges from what I understand, right? Well, well I mean, yeah, the, the the suit was dropped. MLB still has its own investigation. Um, I probably, I, I'd expect anywhere from 30 to 60 games. But the issue there is what will the Dodgers do? Um, mm -hmm. which will be very interesting. Uh, what's his ADP? Um, 
294. Like, like I, yeah, it's very if, if, if he's there after 300, I'd probably pick him. Ooh, wow. I don't know, man. I think he's going to be there after 300. He's a big name. Austin, you have oh, I mean, he, he is going up. That's the thing. But if yeah, by yeah, some chance it. I'm in a league and he drops to there, the 300 area, yeah. I would be shocked if he ever drops to 300. It's just, first of all, he's a likable guy for some ungodly reason. People love the motherfucker. I don't understand why. <laughs> I mean, he somebody in the baseball actually uh, baseball life uh, group over on Facebook said he has a very punchable face, and yeah, he does. I hundred percent agree. <laughs> He's the kind of person that if you're friends with him, you wish you weren't friends with. That's who Trevor Bauer is. Uh, Austin, what do you think about Trevor Bauer? Does he play? Or does he not play this year? I don't think he plays. Ooh, I like that. I don't think he plays. Um, he's, got, he's, yeah. he's, he's got too much. He's got too much crap swirling around him. Um, I think the Dodgers release him, and I think it's going to be a whole big deal. But I don't think Trevor Bauer plays. Like that short, sweet, and to the point. And now let's go to the murky waters. Can that I, is nice spotlight, really quickly. I've been waiting for him to be on a list. He was on sure. this. He was on that group. Alex Where Manoa. Where, what number? I'm sorry. Uh, he was number. Where is he? I saw him. I've been looking at him. Where is he? All right, I got you. Just talk about Manoa. I'll find. Anyway, him. Um, Alec Manoa. I oh, there he is. One oh six. Um, Alec Manoa. I really like, I watched Alec Manoa. I watched a handful of his starts. Dude's got a wicked slider. He's got a really great slider. He's got good control for as young of a pitcher as he is. I really like Alec Manoa. Your pick to click. I believe I saw, uh, Felipe, I saw on the, um, I saw on the post what, uh, on the original post announcing that we were coming on today was Steven Strasburg. Mine is Alec Manoa. I, uh, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> oh, whatever. Uh, well, mine's serious. I really like Alec Manoa. I think Alec Manoa is going to rise and really prove to be one of the better pitchers of um, in the MLB um, this season. I really like, again, I'm just going to say it over and over again. I like Alec Manoa. Can all I right. throw some cold water on his Manoa stuff? Why I, not? I, you do, I, you I, do I, it. You yeah, do it all I, the time. I, that, that's, that's, what I, that's what I do best. No, I do like Alec Manoa, but <laughs> uh, holy no, you, shit, you before 2021, he had only thrown 17 professional innings. And of course he was, you know, alternate side 2020, but he didn't pitch in any professional games. In 2021, he's made three starts in AAA. Three. Granted, they were freaking awesome. He made 20 starts at the major league level, throwing 111 innings. Add that to his 18 he threw 129 innings after never throwing more than 17 in a professional season. And his ADP is inside the top 100. I'm sorry, no matter how much I love his potential and I love his just, I love everything about Akhmano, his stuff, but holy hell, the price and the fact that if he goes to ramp it up for another big season, I'm, I'm not sure. I think he might just fall flat. And I, I don't like him at that price. That's that's my issue with Alec Manoa is the price. All right. Let's go back to the murky waters. That is, um, do we want to talk about any guys with a walk per nine over four, Sean? Oh, um, let me see where those guys are. Oh, it's all these guys right here. I'm sure there's a, uh, there's like, oh, okay, there's not that many. Uh, Christian, Christian ha- I like Christian yeah. Javier. I am drafting yeah, Christian Javier everywhere. Javier too. I am drafting yeah. him everywhere. And again, just a note, uh, a lot of the projections here are based on the fact that he is uh, projected to be a more of a bullpen guy than a starter. But uh, don't get me started with that. That pisses me off so much because he's yeah. so good. Yeah, I know. I know. 
All right, let's move on to uh, maybe uh, let's go to 375 or higher. So 3.75 walk per nine or lower, I should say, because we're going in reverse here. So, oh, my God, Hans Kraus again. No, <laughs> I don't want Hans Kraus. So there's subliminal messaging in this show. Draft Hans Kraus. Oh, my God. Everywhere we go. All right, so from one, number 168, Dakota Hudson, all the way up to Luis Patino. Uh, who do we leave off? Oh, I have, have I said a name already? Oh, I mentioned. Okay, so let's start with Austin again. Austin, who do you like here or don't like? Give me a name, any name. I don't care. Mm, who do I like? Who do or I don't like? like? Just whatever uh, sticks. I think I, I, mm, oh, I like, what is Tristan McKenzie's uh, ADP? Uh, two something. I see it here. It's uh, 229. 9.6, 229.6. I like Tristan McKenzie at that price. Um, okay. he had a, he had a pretty decent season last year. Um, I saw a couple, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm writing on his, uh, he had, I think he was flirting with a no hitter. Um, he made, did he throw no hitter? Last he, year? he didn't throw one, but he had one that went into like the, the six or seven yeah. inning, but I'm not sure if that was last year or 2020, but he did have one of those games. I don't remember, but he did flirt with one. I think he, I, I personally like, um, I like his stuff. Um, he's 24. He's young. I think he's going to put some stuff together, especially w- on a rotation, like, uh, with, you know, um, Shane Bieber and he's on the guardian. So, you know, they're going to have a good, um, a good rotation, um, I think at that price, I think Tristan McKenzie is worth it. I would, I would pick him at, up in my, in a, in a late round, uh, starting, starting job. And I think he could produce for you pretty well. All right. Quick shout out here to Adrian Hauser, who that was basically our episode last week. We talked about him at mm-hmm. nonstop, <laughs> both good and bad, mostly good. Cause Sean really likes him. Uh, Freddie Peralta, you know, he's with the Brewers. So he definitely is a guy that we all like here. There's Dylan Cease again. Uh, who's the other guy, Michael Kopech, uh, despite the high walk. Per nine, I almost uh, went with Kopek, but the high walk per nine. I had I had a good season with Kopek um, as my reliever, um, but then he kind of got injured, so I had to drop, drop him. him. But, yeah, um, well, uh, he I, is. I do like Kopek as well. Penciled in as the number five starter for the White Sox, so hopefully this is the year that he puts it together and becomes a, uh, you know, the second piece of that uh, Chris Sale deal that hasn't materialized yet. Yaman Mankata being the other guy. Drew Rasmussen and Luis Patino are the names worth noting. Uh, hits per nine, really quick, uh, going from lowest to highest. And there's a lot of guys that we talked about, including one Christian Javier. Again, most of those, the the low, the, the extremely low hit per nine that Christian Javier shows here is the fact that he'll be coming out of the bullpen, according to these yeah, projections. He, he's always in the minors, even as a starter, because he has that really weird um, invisible fastball that he keeps mm-hmm. up the zone. It doesn't give up a whole lot of hits. It gives up some home runs. Um, but yeah, it's, and That's, the, the issue with it is a lot of people don't swing it anymore and it does appear to be a ball. Even a lot of times when it's in the strike zone, uh, Christian Javier, I'm looking to see what, what, uh, his hits per nine per career. Does Fangrass even do that though? I don't Yeah. Um, do right here, you keep going. I'll, I'll pull it up. I appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's a who's who of guys here who just are unstoppable. So it's really no point. And what I want to say is, and I saw him was, is he on here? Yeah. Um, I would say, be careful with Shohei Otani. I think, (laughs) I think a a lot of people are going to, especially with the season that he had last year, I think people are going to draft him really high. And I would be, I would be afraid if, you know, you drafted him really high or even if, cause somebody tried to trade him 
uh, and or trade me. Um, they tried didn't you to, get them? They tried to give me Shohei Otani. You did get them though, right? No, I didn't. I oh, I you thought know. you accepted that trade. No, I didn't. Uh, then what trade? Some okay, okay. I'll I'll have to look at that. But go ahead. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't accept. I haven't accepted anything. Um, I would be really, really careful with Shohei Otani because of the workload that he had last year. It's looking like he's going to have the same workload this year. I don't know how I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to keep up that workload. That's a lot of that's double the amount of workload that everybody else has. So, you know, I don't think he's going to produce quite like he did, um, especially at pitching and especially at the first half of the season. Shohei Otani struggled a lot with walks. Did he strike out a lot of people? Yes, but he also struck out a lot of people. He had you know games where he'd have five or six walks and it, in four innings, and it was it was a lot. So. You know, I would be really careful with where you where you uh, draft Shohei Otani. All right, uh, Sean, what you got for me there? Uh, I got it? right here. Yeah, so Fangraphs doesn't have it. I thought one of them or Baseball Savant, but I just did the math myself. So far for his major league career, Christian Javier has a five point nine eight hits per nine. It's absolutely that doesn't insane. sound right. No, no, no it, really? it, it is. It is. Uh, He's 20, the most unstoppable pitcher ever. One eighty six, one eighty six average against in twenty twenty, twenty twenty one, one eighty four average against. I'm t- <laughs> they, and he did it in the minor leagues too. I'm telling you, it's the weirdest. He gives up some home runs because he stays up in the zone. Um, he really did it more or uh, less in the may, uh, minors, but the majors have kind of figured out that high fastball. But they still whiff like crazy on it. I'm telling you, he's the weirdest pitcher in the world. Yeah. All right. He he doesn't give up hits. He gives up home run. Like he's the Joey uh Joey Votto, Joey Gallo of pitching. And it's so much fun. Yeah, uh, that's why I mean we, we talked about it. The don't don't cut out the Houston Astros just yet, even though um not, not not this year. I'm talking about the years prior, even though people were talking about how that their uh that their dynasty so or quote-unquote dynasty was pretty much and their window that's what it is their, their championship window was coming coming to an end because of the of the trash can stuff but when you guys <laughs> when you can bring out a christian javier and a jose or uh into the mix then yeah. uh it, yeah it, it's 103 hits and 155 and two-thirds innings yeah that's pretty damn good all right <laughs> He's also given up 27 home runs. So of the 103 hits he's given up in his career, 27 of them have been home runs. And that's his Achilles heel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Uh, oh, hits per nine. So what's the most average hit per nine? Because we all know the good guys. So eight point, uh, let's call it 8.6. So who is the most average hit per nine guy on the list? Uh, Sean, how are we doing on time? I forgot to ask uh, you. We're at about 115. Ah, crap. All right. So the most average hit per nine guy, Taiwan Walker, Spencer Howard. Uh, is there a guy that we haven't talked about yet here, Sean? I like Glenn uh, Otto. He was a big part of yeah. the trade that brought Joey Gallo to the Yankees. He was having a great year in the minors. He had his very first hours against the Astros, and I didn't start him in my 30-team dynasty. He went five innings, gave up no runs, seven strikeouts, and I'm like, God damn it. Like, what was I thinking? And so I made sure I started him his next two games. He ended up getting absolutely ballooned by every team he faced, Oakland, Kansas City. Um, but he's got a really good breaking ball, likes to keep the ball on the ground. I would like to see what Texas does with him, you know, with a full offseason of how they want to develop him. But a really interesting name that not many people talk about. He's a very kind of on the older side rookie at yeah. 26, but uh, definitely not a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, a guy to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, it's a, definitely a person that I, when I was uh, doing this late, late last night, I was looking at the Rangers uh, rotation and all the pitchers that might make an impact this year. And Glenn Otto was a guy that I had to add onto the to this list. Um, let's go down deep sea diving here. Let's go. Oh, that's I don't want to do that. Nine point three four uh, hits per nine innings. Austin, is there a guy we haven't talked about yet from one fifty six up to one thirty four? Sorry, 156 is Willie Peralta. 134 ranked here is Brady Singer on hits per nine. Let's see. I I don't think I have. I mean, the big name that jumps out is Zach Greinke. You know, you can, <laughs> yes. I mean, you can you can uh, draft Zach. I mean, he, obviously, he's not going to walk anybody. Um, he's not going to strike anybody out either. So if you're looking for you know, a long relief man or somebody that'll, you know, give you, give you some innings. You could, you could go with Zach Greinke. Um, Any of the rest of these guys, I don't, I don't really trust. Um, You know, you could look at, oh, I guess mm, you can go Marco Gonzalez too. Marco Gonzalez up there at 140. Um, He's projected at 347 points. So he could, he could get you some, uh, he he's worth a little bit, even though he gives up kind of a higher hits per nine. Um, these, it just seems like if you have, if you have guys that are projected at 347 or, you know, higher like that, these are guys that are contact guys that, that will, you know, they're, they'll give up their fair share of hits, but they're going to get out of the jam more times than not. So that's people like Marco Gonzalez and yep. uh, looks like Patrick Corbin, although yep. Patrick Corbin blows up every other year, huh. um, Aaron Savali, um, you know, Zach Greinke was like that for a while. So, um, uh, yeah, Zach Greinke or Marco Gonzalez would be the two that I'd highlight for this for this group of people. All right. Uh, Austin, since you were not here last week, I will let you pick the, the stat and where do you want to concentrate, um, whether you want to go high, low, or somewhere on the average. What stat you want to go with next? I like FIP. Yes. I like you, you, you want to go with the lowest FIP or highest FIP or somewhere in between? Somewhere in between because right, it's so, always that somewhere in between that'll make and make or break whatever um, that'll make or break whatever your season will be. The average FIP on this list is four point three three. Like you're talking about, that's honestly believable though. That that I mean, because most yeah. people their FIP is higher than their ERA um, on the like on the whole, I guess. So, all right, let's play a game, guys. Uh, uh, let's start with. Uh, Sean, since uh, Austin got to pick the category, I'll start with Sean. There's four guys I highlighted here. Number 86, Tariq Skubal. 87 is Grayson Rodriguez. 88 is Danny Duffy. And 89 is Steven Matz. Who are you going with on this one? Uh, definitely Steven Matz. Um, of course. I, I, th- I think, no, and it's not because former Matz. That's bias. Uh, slightly. It okay, it's a slight one. But you see, I didn't like him in Toronto. uh, Toronto. I thought he was a terrible fit in Toronto. Now he's in uh, St. Louis, one of the best infield defenses behind him. Um, He's never been someone to give up a crazy amount of home runs as long as he can keep the ball in the park. uh, I mean, obviously, 2020 aside where he had like a four home run per nine, but statistical outlier. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I think he's a guy that could definitely overperform his fit, just like guys like Adam Wainwright have done in St. Louis for years. Uh, yeah, definitely Steven Matz. I think he's going to be a very valuable fantasy pitcher in 2022. Austin, you see it that way, or you got a different guy you want to pick uh, 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 of those four that I highlight there, Scooball, Rodriguez, Duffy, Matz? Of those four, I'm going to pick Scooball. Uh, I like Tariq like Tari Scooball. 
Um, I think he he's projected as the SP three for the Tigers. The Tigers is uh, everything about the Tigers is improving, or it was until they you know picked up Javier Baez. Um, but you know Baez is a good defender, so you know he's a good defender at at shortstop, and that'll help Scooble. Um, and on top of that, Scooble's got nine uh, is projected at nine point nine three Ks um, with um, just a little under three three walks per nine. Um, he might give up he might give up a home run or two with one point five eight homers per nine. I think that's a little high, especially with the fact that he's that he's in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I His like fastball gets absolutely smothered though. So he, while I do get the Detroit point, his fastball gets, I mean, absolutely plastered. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he ditches the uh, four-seamer for his sinker. I want to give hope that last year was his baptism by fire because they really needed him to step up, even though he wasn't ready. And he wasn't even supposed to be the best uh, of those prospects. It's Casey Mice, Matt Manning, and then Tari School was an afterthought. And Scooble outworked everybody on that rotation. And for his reward, he was getting pummeled, uh, probably you know being called up too soon. But I want to believe that that was his baptism by fire, and that's all – going to be better for him this upcoming season. So that's a really good pick. Everything will be better. <laughs> Rainbows and lollipops and sunshines. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is my guy, so he's going to get pummeled this year. But I, I want I, I, I just see Grayson mania just taking I don't know. a whole of the country here with the Baltimore Orioles. No, uh, oh, I was about to say something, but I won't say it. <laughs> go ahead and say it. I was going to say the only thing that's gripped the entire country out of Baltimore is crack. Oh, that's, a, that's from the wire. <laughs> no, oh, wait, did you say crack or crab cakes? Crack. <laughs> yeah, crab cakes, crab cakes. Hey, I'm down for some Baltimore crab cakes. <laughs> That's right. Who, who hates crab cakes? Sean yeah. Flannery. No, um, I love crab cakes. Man, well, now I'm hungry. <sighs> yeah, it is lunchtime around here. Uh let's say let's do one more thing here and then we'll call it quits. But I feel like we talked about all a lot of these guys already. So let's go from okay, let's go from a FIP of 489 with Rich Hill. Dick Mountain or a FIP of 468 with number 146 ranked Martin Perez. Sean, I'll start with you. Of those, what is that, 22 guys listed here, who do you want to spotlight, whether good or bad? And you're on mute, by the way. One, f- uh, I'm trying to find it. I had gone to ADP for a minute. 146 FIP. Um... Are you are you still on FIP? Yeah, still on FIP. This is the the, the bad FIPs, but is there someone that oh, it, oh. I don't know? Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the wrong side. Uh, I'll just look on yours because that's faster. I like Josiah Gray. Uh, we talked about him a little bit last week, I believe. Yeah, but uh, definitely like Josiah Gray. Um, two plus breaking balls is has really no competition in that Washington uh, rotation. Um, I like Josiah Gray. Uh, Austin, you got a guy you want to? talk good or bad about on this list here for the love of god please nobody draft dylan bundy the fact that he's (laughs) he's projected as an sp1 for the twins just makes me want to just slap the twins i swear like don't draft dylan bundy he's not an ace he's gonna get blown up Dylan bundy can't hurt you anymore austin yes i know but uh, (laughs) unless you draft him (laughs) yeah i i ain't drafting dylan bundy no Uh, thank you no i can't help myself Dylan Bundy, I slightly 
carefully, reluctantly optimistic. Now that no, he's with the twins, no. But but you're right. If he couldn't, if he couldn't survive what's supposed to be a pitcher friendly ballpark in in uh, Anaheim, uh, for some reason the Twins ballpark, even though it looks gargantuan, plays like a like like a hitter park. I guess yeah. I don't know. Yeah, is that the, is that the case, Sean? Yeah, because yeah, remember in uh the last year of the Rabbit Ball in 2019 when Twins set the single season home run record. So yeah, what a weird team to set that to. I always thought that was like the weirdest thing in the rabbit ball that of all those teams, it was the twins that set the single season record. Plus compared to everybody else. I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a yucky list. I don't like it. Uh, a lot of guys who can control their walks though. I mean, you got Alec Mills, Tyler Anderson, who's a free agent as of right now, Ryan weather. Uh, I'm sorry, not Ryan Ross stripling. There's another guy. So I guess there's another guy I want to keep holding out hope for is Ross stripling, even though he's up there in age and it's been a long time since he was a promising Dodgers, uh, prospect. I can never let go of Ross shipping you. He's at number 159 there. So, uh, and I think this is a good place to stop. Otherwise, we'll just keep going on forever talking about starting pitchers. I hope this was a very helpful exercise. Uh, trying to give you some names you may have heard of before and maybe give you some names that you should be careful about, uh, names that you might have heard of before. And then superstar pitchers who uh, have red flags or superstar pitchers who are going to keep doing what they're doing. But mostly it was about getting you information about those guys uh those non-household names i should i guess i should say austin tell the folks where they can find you uh you can find me on uh you can find me at the baseball life group you can also find me uh hosting my own show thank you to felipe and jacob anthony moses of the step back podcast for um coming on my latest episode of the round trippers podcast you can find you can find me on spotify uh apple Podcasts, anywhere you're listening to podcasts you can also find me on twitter at uh at round underscore trippers um go ahead stop by give me a follow say hi and uh yeah round trippers podcast if i'm not if i'm not doing this show probably doing round trippers <laughs> all right and uh sean where can they find you on twitter it's gonna be at sean uh flannery capital s capital f 13 gonna have the total bases logo podcast right there where you can see it nice and easy uh if you want to talk baseball, talk anything like that, you know, you can reach me there or in the Baseball Life Facebook group, where if you guys really want to have fun, come join us uh, every Sunday morning. We do the show live there. We interact with guys like uh, could be even you guys. Uh, but, you know, Jet was a good sport today. Uh, Jacob hopped in. Stephen Carey jumped in. Uh, we, we love seeing those guys talking to them early in the morning on the show, um, as well as as Felipe will tell you all of the places where our podcast is. Uh, yeah, Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, YouTube video. So you can see these wonderful spreadsheets I'm sharing, which uh, I guess I could stop sharing now. Uh, Stitcher, Apple. I think I mentioned Apple. I might just be hungry. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Twitter at pathological underscore the letter H, the number eight, pat, pathological hate. Um, is that it? Yeah. Next week, we're going to focus on the bullpen. So fun. Goody. I can't wait to Relievers. do that. Relievers. <laughs> yeah. So for Sean, Austin, I am Felipe. We'll see you next time. Adios, guys. Have a good one, everybody.